Ladies and gentlemen, Alex Afondi Show, the acquisition entrepreneur. It is good to have you with me. Here we are together again on this podcast, learning how to acquire business, become millionaires, and leave the goddamn corporate world, man. That's exciting stuff, you guys. Today we're going to talk about how to buy a million dollar business. Uh, funny enough, I was told by a couple of my listeners to cut the music short, but I really like it. It actually like gives me a little hype. But nonetheless, uh, so how to get to that million dollar business acquisition, right? Uh there's probably a million ways to answer the question, but I think I'll give you an example. Now, we've already learned about the debt service coverage ratio in a, in a previous, I touched on it in a previous um, episode. And I'll do a full-on episode about the debt service coverage ratio because it's probably one of the most important things in this process. DSCR, baby, it's, it's going to have to roll off your tongue when you talk about it, by the way. DSCR, you know. I actually did that. I As I drove, I was like, DSCR, 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 and, and it, now it rolls off my tongue because it's just that important, right? So a million-dollar business. So assume you find a business... Let's just say a let's just say a bar, you know, a bar, a restaurant, or, or a combination of the two, and and you like it, and it's producing four hundred thousand dollars, and you decide to buy it for a million dollars, right? So what you want to do is first off have complete and full confidence that you're going to be able to acquire this business. First off, be thankful that you found it. Secondly. You need to get to, to, to see the owner along with the broker if there's a broker. Hopefully not. Hopefully if you have a broker, they're a good broker and they know what the, you know what they're talking about. But you meet the seller and you know you do a full-on research before you even meet, meet the seller. You do some research about him or her. You do um, some due diligence online like Google and Yelp and what have you, and you kind of see a consistency, or I should say a level of consistency in the complaints about the business. Don't read the good ones. That, that, that's for later. But the bad ones, you'll see a level of consistency. Uh, what that allows you to do is have talking points and really learn the business, right? So at least from a you know 30,000 foot view, if you will. So now you're sitting with the owner, you're talking about the business, and you like him. Honestly, you should be prepared to make the offer on the spot, right? Because that's what that's what owners want. I should say that's what motivated sellers want. You know, they want someone who's serious, and and you gotta be right. I mean, if if this is something you want and you want to pursue it, and you've already visited in this case, in, in this case, the bar a couple of times, and you know, you like the service, you like the atmosphere and the hospitality in it, and you already see the room for improvement, why not make the offer instead of, you know, playing this, what I call the intellectual tug of war, right? 
uh, you know, Mr. Seller, you want a million and I can offer you 800 and it's all via this broker, you know, who essentially now is representing you and representing the seller and you don't know whose side he or she is really on. So you just pop the question, pop the question, right? You just pop the question and say, you know, Mr. Seller should say Tom, right? Hey, Tom, um, if all the numbers can be verified, and obviously you're making, you're going to make an offer contingent upon contingent upon something, which is the due diligence. So essentially, you say, look, Mr. Seller, here's what I'm looking for. I'm looking to acquire this within the next sixty days. I like it. I like you, and. Uh, I will make an offer contingent upon due diligence, contingent upon renegotiated rent with the landlord. I will make an offer contingent contingent upon a few other things, which are pretty much predetermined at this point. And I would like $200,000 in seller's financing from you at 5% interest rate uh with a 10-year term and a five-year amortization payment i'm sorry a balloon payment and um i'll be making a 10 percent down payment and the rest will be from bank financing and if the establishment truly does four hundred thousand dollars you should have a year and in, in earnings that is you should have no problem covering that no problem your dscr is going to be very healthy um, and, you know, just add some, uh, language to that and say, you know, I, I, I am interested. I'll, I'll move fast on this one, but I need an answer, you know, and you don't have to give it to me today, but certainly entertain it and take it into consideration because I'm looking at other opportunities, right? Um, you don't necessarily want to play the fear of missing out, but you kind of do, you know, you kind of look, I'm looking at, and you are, you are looking at other opportunities. So now you're like, all right, Alex, you're so fucking delusional. How am I going to get $100,000 from? It's not like it's laying around in my, you know, in my mattress or on my mattress. And principle has it that if you find a deal, the money will come. And I guarantee it, if you're a credible enough person and your surrounding, or I should say your circle trusts you enough, you've already found the deal. You've already got the yes from the investor. I'm sorry, from the seller. All you have to do is go out and raise, <clears throat> you know, $10,000. And here's something I'll, I'll give you today, which I'll probably mention again at some point. People have one of two problems in this world when it comes to money. They either don't have enough of it or they have enough of it. They actually don't know where to not spend it, where to invest it. You know, and I'll give you some philosophy. I actually learned from uh, The Art of the Deal by Mr. Donald Trump. Um, the most expensive, and I actually ask this question quite often, the most expensive room in a hotel you know, most people say, well, it's the penthouse, or it's this or that, or it's the one with the fountain in it. None of them. The most expensive room in a hotel is the empty one. Therefore, 
the most expensive. Why is it the why is it the empty one? Because it's not making money. It's just sitting idle. Kind of like an empty seat in an airplane that's going from Los Angeles to Boston. Right? It's empty. They could have made $200 on it, but they didn't. Right? So you got to think of this in the sense of dollars, right? So the most expensive dollar in a, I'm sorry, the most expensive dollar is the dollar that's not making money, right? It's not earning money. It's actually losing money because based on standard deflation, I'm sorry, inflation of 3%, if you have $100, it's becoming 97 a year from today. Why? Because everything is getting expensive except for a Costco hot dog. I'm so impressed with Costco. I should grab one today, but I'm so impressed with them. Their hot dog, when I first got introduced to it in 1998, actually 2000, was a dollar fifty, and it's still a dollar fifty. Excuse my random thoughts, but nonetheless, you guys, uh, the most expensive dollar is a dollar that doesn't earn money. So. Most people are typically outside of their uh, emergency fund. They're pretty anxious to put their money somewhere. And what a great thing. What? You found a corner par uh, pub, you know, in the city of Torrance or Palos Verdes or whatever the case might be. And it's been around for 12 years and they have programs and they got karaoke and all kinds of stuff. I'm totally in, man. I want to be, people want to be a part of something great. And dude, if you went out and grabbed 10 investors, you know, at $10,000 each, that's really not a whole lot of effort, to be honest, maybe a month worth of effort. Uh, but more than likely, none of, none of these individuals can go out and do this deal on their own. So now you've basically created a syndication, uh, which is quite cool. So now in the, in the next... 15 days, hopefully you've already put some feelers out to see who's interested and who's not uh, before you tied up the deal. But now it's funding time, baby. It's takeover time, right? So now you got a $100,000 for a down payment. You have a bank ready to go and you have the seller ready to lend you $200,000 on a 10-year term with a five-year balloon payment. And you're golden. All you got to do is uh, sign on the line, which is dotted. And think about this, you guys. If the business is actually earning $400,000 in uh, profit per month, I'm sorry, per year, I wish, right? Per year, that means it's producing about $2 million. So you're buying a $2 million business, you guys, with about two to three to maybe four months worth of effort. Now, that's how you get to... Take the profit out of this. Obviously, pay your investors, you guys. That is extremely important. There's nothing I can stre stress more. There's nothing I can stress more than paying your investors. You've got to pay them first and foremost. If you make $10,000 a month and they own 5%, you cut them a check for $500. If you're making 50 and they own 20% and you're cutting them a check as a dividend for $10,000, right? Uh, because results make people happy. There is nothing that makes an investor happy than money.
Why? Because that's why they went in, in it in the first place. And guess what the kicker is, you guys? Weekly updates are extremely important. Weekly updates are so important. You know what I mean? Even if you added a couch, just send a weekend update on a Friday morning. You know, if the, assume this is a bar, right? Hey, ladies and gentlemen, I'm, you know, gearing up for the weekend. We have a local celebrity coming and a local this, you know, doing this. We're sponsoring the football game and what have you, right? And we, we're expecting... You know, $40,000 worth of revenue between today and Sunday night, which is not far-fetched for a bar. And um, please let me know if you have any questions. Please come by for a drink if, you so, if you're so inclined, you know. And so updates and you pay them. And if you do that, you guys, investors' money will flow to you like magic. Believe me when I say that. Because there's nothing that an investor hates more than having to wait on an update from the prick. You know, because there's so many. And I'm not trying to bash on entrepreneurs. There's so many entrepreneurs that just take the money and fly, fly away. <laughs> you know, and I'm not saying like they, they fly, literally fly. But they basically, yeah, take the money and it's like they start making excuses as to why the business is not doing well. Or they have to buy a new couch or they have to fire an employee and that was a lawsuit which cost him $10,000 or whatever the case might be, right? And the investor is just sitting there waiting and they're the angels. They're the ones who gave you your push, your first start. Never forget that. I will end with, with that. I'll end with that. There's really nothing for me to say outside of that. So million dollar deals, totally doable. 60 to 90 days worth of effort. Uh, I'm not trying to simplify it. It is still a 15 hour day, maybe 16. You know, don't forget about your health. Eat well. Go to the gym. Listen to your music. Connect with people. Stay connected. Um, and if you have any questions, you guys, happy to answer. Alex Afandi, the acquisition entrepreneur. I will talk.